going to start a petition. I, I have a I have an idea in mind where I go and I rescue certain actors and actresses uh, from their own career, from their own agents. All right. I have a very small list of people, very, very small, that uh, seriously need some help. All right. So if you want to donate some money or give to a cause to the I'm not washed yet campaign, that's what I'm going to call it. The why am I doing this? I'm not washed. Nathan Fillion is on that list. Nathan Fillion. Credit to Brendan uh, at True Graphic. Check this one out. Idris Elba, for some reason, is just doing garbage, even though he's an A-list actor. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Ever since Game of Thrones has been gone, even before Game of Thrones, she has been putting out duds. Duds. And, uh, look, Solo's not her fault, but uh, you're still in a bad movie. That's still an L. So... Uh, the, the reason I'm even talking about this is because Linda Cardellini is now added to the list of I'm not washed, why am I in this, in the curse of La Llorona. Holy God, somebody come and help Linda, man. Somebody come save her. Someone go to her agent and punch him really, really hard in the face and go, why did you allow Linda to be in this garbage movie Seriously, you could have got anybody else, all right? You could have got the girl who does the Sprint commercials, okay? I hear she's in trouble. She should go and do uh, Curse of La Llorona, all right? Not Linda Cardellini. We need, that's Hawkeye's wife. That's Hawkeye's wife, man. That's my, that's my rough way of, of saying I'm, I'm finished. I'm now finished with the Conjuring Marathon, the Curse of La Llorona, last movie outs. Boy, ha there has never been a bigger turnaround for me being so excited for movies to now I just do not care. And that goes for The Conjuring. Uh, I really have been looking at this franchise through rose-colored glasses the entire time. Even when I would see these movies, because this isn't like I saw The Conjuring and I was excited for The Conjuring 3. And I just haven't, like, watched any of these movies. No, every single one of these movies that came out, I would go opening weekend, super excited, walk out going, eh, I really don't care. Then I would see the next one go, oh my god, I have to see this. It has something to do with The Conjuring. Then I would go and go, eh, every single one of them. Now I'm watching them in the comfort of my home, in my own home, with no audience, no... Uh, people jumping at the jump scares like a bunch of morons because that's clearly the only thing I kind of like about these movies is that the audience is, is so... Like they're children, they just react so hard to jump scares. I get a kick out of that. Now there is no audience. Now I'm just sitting here just watching this mediocre, not scary movie in the comfort of my own home going, why am I wasting time on this? I really am not investing it well. And that goes for this, man. The Curse of La Llorona is so... It's so garbage, bro. I really feel like whoever made this movie... I don't even feel like this was part of the Conjuring universe at all. Like, maybe they were going to make this movie and... And somebody somewhere that is in charge of, like, focus groups or something really just pulled a Cloverfield and just said, Hey, what if we, um... What if we take this really garbage movie that probably should come out in, like, January... And let's put it out in the summer, and let's just attach it to Annabelle. Let, and it, here's the thing, too. It has nothing to do with The Conjuring at all. It just exists in that, in that universe. Like, 
Curse of La Llorona doesn't meet the Warrens. She doesn't have any any semblance with Annabelle or with Valak. It's just here is this lady who's cursed. She drowns her her kids, and for some reason she's a ghost when she dies. I, I who knows, man. It just doesn't make any sense. And the priest who handled the Annabelle doll uh, in one of the previous movies is now attached in this. So that's that's your correlation to The Conjuring. This is how this movie exists in that universe. It has nothing to do with anything. You had to throw a quick little scene in there showing that the priest who was holding the Annabelle doll in one of them was like, oh yeah, I've seen some pretty evil stuff. I know what you're talking about, Linda Cardellini. Let me help you out. Boy. What what happened with, like, like the drop in quality? The drop in quality from the first Conjuring, which is so scary, to this, which is, it's it's nothing, it really is nothing, uh, really has just dropped. It's like, it's, I've been saying this in every single one of them, these movies are no longer about how can we build this, this universe, how can we involve these supernatural things and, and make it where it's warranted that it's in the universe, instead it's just, let's put one out and let's treat them out like the paranormal activity movies. Where you just crank them out and, and hopefully you make your money back, which it potentially could triple, right? Because you don't you don't need to make a lot of money. You don't need to make these for a lot of money. You make them for like ten million. They make like thirty million in its opening weekends, and then the rest is just easy chump change until next year. And then you could put even less quality in the in the next one, and more people will still keep coming. That's the death of the Conjuring. What, here's what sucks, man. This is what really sucks about this. The Conjuring has such a opportunity. Like, the opportunity for The Conjuring to be something amazing is really high because of this. Look, James Cameron, James Wan, I apologize, not James Cameron. James Wan, when he started making, like, Saw and Insidious, he was the horror guy. All right, he was the guy who made scary movies. He made thrillers. He made, uh, like, Saw and Insidious, and he just, he kind of became that person, right? That was his niche. Then he got the opportunity to get, like, a really bigger, like, a like a fairly bigger budget for The Conjuring. It was amazing. It's, it seriously is, like, one of the best, one of my favorite scary movies. And then after that, it just, like, it's almost like he was tied. Like, it was his hands were tied where it's like, okay, maybe I don't really want to be scary guy anymore. Like, I, I know what I could do with a bigger budget. He had to have realized that after he did Fast and Furious and then he did Aquaman. It's like, I'm moving on to something bigger than just this genre. And for some reason, Warner Brothers is like, no, man, please come back, do something, you know. Even if we just put you as a producer, it's like, we are relying, they are relying so heavily on him. And he's gone now. And now it's like, they're shuffling their papers and just kind of going, well, I don't know, man. We, we could just kind of flub it and, and we get some fairly no-name directors to kind of come in and just um, just just give us a 90-minute a jump scare fest, right? Because the other people who are involved in this, like David F. Sandberg, who did Lights Out, he's, he's an amazing director, but you don't get any of that creativity in Annabelle Creation. The same goes for, like, Annabelle Comes Home with Gary Doberman. It really is, like, we're just kind of throwing these minor league triple a ball players into a franchise that clearly uh 
there's way more to just Annabelle and Velik than just the conjuring, even the conjuring in general. Like all of this stuff that they've been putting out, there's way more to it. It could be way scarier. Like imagine if you would have got like an A24 Ari Aster, almost midsummer type of Annabelle movie. It doesn't have to be like just like Midsummer, but just that feel. Just that type of that scariness, that psychological horror to that extent. And it it would still cost the fair amount. Like it still costs roughly the same. You know, like like really let these guys flourish and make these movies. Don't just crank them out like paranormal movies. Because I, I've been saying this again too on every single of these episodes of all the conjuring ones. Eventually, that audience is just not going to care. It, it happened with Saw. It happened with the paranormal movies where you got to like 7 or 8 or, you know, and now it became like 3D where the audience is just, it was like, why? I don't need to keep coming back to these, right? It's just, it's a, it's a ride that lost its value. It lost its lust. It really lost the, the creative spark that people wanted, right? And eventually it tanked. And, and that's what's going to happen here. Like, I just know it is now because James Wan's not involved anymore, and now they have... The director who did this is now going to do The Conjuring 3, which I, I have no faith in, dude. I, I... Seriously. I'm not knocking him as a person at all. I, I, you know, I've never met the guy or know anything about him, but I just... I see creatively um, where his faults are. And maybe he's fairly new, and maybe this is one of James Wan's guys, but I don't think this is the go-to solution if you want to continue The Conjuring movies. There has to be a little bit more oomph and creativity. There really has to be some investments in these movies. And I say this, man. I really only say this because I know people will keep coming back. Not just the jump scare fans, but scary movie fans who also, too, clamor at The Conjuring and say it is one of the best scary movies out there. Who they don't even acknowledge like Annabelle or Velik. They don't care because to them... They see how cool it is to just have Conjuring movies, right? They haven't, they haven't really fell for like the banana and the tailpipe so much, uh, kind of how I have and the rose-colored glasses that I put on trying to watch these movies because I'm such a fan of it too. Where I think other fans they see it and just go, well, maybe I'll just watch the Conjuring movies. I think they're going to be in for a big surprise when they see this one and go, wow, man, there's a massive drop in quality because there's a massive drop in quality for, between Conjuring one and two. Even though Conjuring 2 is great, it's nowhere near as scary as the first one is, right? It really has that Spider-Man kind of too many villains going on. But still, though, you have, like, really... Like, Valak is such a cool uh, a creation. Like, it looks cool, man. It makes for a cool cosplay. Like, I know culturally, like, those things can really take off if they had room to breathe. If creatively, you, you took them in other places where the movies could flourish and you could really get, like, a, a good ump out of your rated R movie. Like, if you really could just bring in, like, John Carpenter or Sam Raimi, just possibly, even for, like, one movie as producer, just kind of get, like, that that jump going or try to get, like, the door open for other people who are really getting into into horror movies, that could be great. And I, Warner Brothers is really missing out on that, man, because I, I think... And, and they should know this already by now. Like, it should have never been as big as it was. It one and two. And it was huge, right? Like, Stephen King books were not... It's like, the, the only reference you had was that old It movie, which isn't very good, I guess. 
and they turned it into something amazing. Like clowns became huge. Pennywise culturally is still huge. Like Valak and Annabelle and the Crooked Man could all be that as well. They could be on that Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger level of cultural impact if they were just, if their movies were better. If they weren't just these, put them out and just jump around for 90 minutes and get all fidgety and get scared walking to your car at night. No, like really make some psychological, holy crap, bro, Valak is an evil descendant. It is a demon. Annabelle is a demon. You could do some seriously messed up stuff with those 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 creatures, those monsters, those whatever you want to call it, those characters. You could do something amazing and we don't. We never do. And the same goes for the Curse of La Llorona. Going right back to it. That story, man, I grew up with like that story as a kid. And the thing too, when you're a kid, man, there's nothing scarier than what your friends are going to tell you, right? Like you'd sit around at nights and you go, dude, I heard this one time. I heard this one time. Like the Curse of La Llorona, she was like in this house, right? And you would just, you'd whisper it and you'd freak, you know, freak everybody out in the house. Go, dude, stop talking like that, right? And then... You know, you hear a little little rustle outside and go, oh, hey, what's that? It's a Llorona. Right? <laughs> you just, you freak yourself out. Like, that's what you do when you're hanging out with your friends. That story, like, it's just an old Mexican folklore, I believe. I, I think it's where it comes from, at least. That's what I've always been told. Um, but it's not treated like that in this movie. It's just, again, it's treated like it's a lady with some scary makeup on and she's jumping around and, and inconsistencies throughout the entire thing, right? It's always the, it's always the dumb stuff too. Hey, you can't get past this door that I shut on you, but you're an evil demon that could just pop up anywhere. And that's the problem with all these movies. But this one mostly, like it just, it takes illogical things and makes it happen and logical things that go, well, why would that work this way, but not the other way? Before you know it, like half the times I'm watching this movie, I'm like, I'm missing something. Did I blink too long? And I just, I didn't, I didn't catch it. Like what is happening? Right. And, and I realized like the other side of it too, is like, we're throwing so many characters in here. That's why when I was talking about Linda Cardellini, she is so wasted. And it's like, why are you in this? What, like who... What contract do you have to play up to? Who do you owe? Why are you in this? Like, you you should not be doing this this thing. The, what the thing I realized, too, with like that is, why would you go and get her, right? Like, Linda Cardellini, she's amazing, but she's not Scarlett Johansson, right? And I, I, I almost feel like this movie's trying to pull, like, some star power into it, but I don't really think Linda Cardellini is the way to go. It's like, Hawkeye's wife, really... That's, that's what you, that's the best you can do. I mean, Scooby-Doo, like you really could have pulled for some other, some other star power if you had that kind of pull, especially with Warner Brothers. I mean, if you know me, man, I don't, I don't break down the movies like ever. I mean, the thing is too, it's like, I mean, if you're watching this, you probably know the movie itself. Like there's no way you would just click on, um, an episode and just go, huh, I wonder what that movie's about. Unless you do. Which, hey, no knock on you, man. That's that's If that's how you enjoy movies or if that's how you want to know about movies, then by all means do it. But yeah, the, look, I'm not going to break this down scene by scene, but there are so many scenes in this movie that are just like set up, set up. I'm waiting for the jump scare. It's going to happen. I'm ready. Oh, man, the lights went out. Oh, the kids are looking around. Oh, we switched to a widescreen. That means that my eyes should probably shift to the left. Or possibly to the right, because something scary is going to pop up in the corner. And we're we're the only ones who are going to be able to see it. The person on screen is not going to see it. Then they're going to turn around. They're going to see it. 
big, loud violin shriek, boom, jump scare. Wow. That was uneventful. And that's the entire movie, man. A, a lady freaking herself out to dress in this weird garment where she looks like she's in a wedding dress trying to get her two kids and it, it was like the setup to this was so like who wrote this because it's just it's it's just that i've never seen a movie that kind of just throws stuff onto the screen and just goes yeah this is happening now right there's no lead up to it there's no real exposition it's just like yep this this is what's here and i always knock like michael bay he's my go-to default for like bad movie things and this is reason why. The Transformers movies do this all the time, right? A character will just pop up and now, hey, now I'm in the movie. Now you have to know who I am. And I'm I'm, I'm only here because I'm here to set up something else that we were trying to get to in either the second or the third act. And then I'm going to go away and you're never going to hear from me. That's the same thing that happens with this movie. There is a woman who has these two kids who get taken from her. And now she's all freaked out because the La Llorona is... is is uh, after her, and now Lynn Carnellini is involved, and now you have three people who are not even really meeting up with each other, who are kind of just spewing dialogue to kind of just eat up time in this movie. It is super confusing that you just have these characters just in here. Like, I don't... There's no development at all. And and that is the product of a wasted... You had a year to make this movie. And, and that's what it goes down to. Shoot your movie... Real quick, we don't have to worry about the screenplay too much. We just need to get La Llorona on here and uh, let's do it logically. Right? You can't just have her popping up scaring people, right? Because then the movie's over. You need to have some type of buildup. You need to have some like 30 minutes in. We'll try to give like a little, almost like a, a um, what's the word I'm thinking? A spelling card, right? Almost like, like I feel like any type of these, any type of these movies, they should just have like a stat sheet. Who is this person? Why are you prevalent to the movie? Cool. Like, it, at least it would have been quicker, right? Because, like, this movie could have just been an hour. Like, not an hour and a half like it is now. Yeah, I, and even though that's short, that's short in the, hey, it's only an hour and a half, it's an hour and a half of nothing. So it feels long. But going back to, like, characters that, that don't have anything to do in these movies, there's another character that shows up. Who's this, like, pasture? His name's uh, Rafael Olvera. And he has probably the dumbest scene in the entire movie. It, it was like when I remember when I saw this in, in, in theaters, I was like, that's kind of creative. But now that I'm looking at it, it's like it's the dumbest. Like it, even like faith based movies like uh, Pure Flicks, like even they wouldn't do something this stupid. And they are probably the stupidest in making movies. Where the Lyodona is in the pool and she's like jumping around. She's trying to grab Linda Cardellini and they're fighting under this water and he takes like holy water and he purifies a swimming pool that they were fighting in and that's how she dies it was the i was like that this is the like that was a joke right like somebody would have turned around that would have been an snl skit and you would have said ha look how stupid this would have been that's a parody move that is a super ex machina oh the movie's over now because i i blessed the pool not a Oh, this is a serious thing that I just did in this movie? Like, you blessed a... Doesn't... First off, doesn't holy water have to be, like, actually pure? There's chlorine in a swimming pool. I mean, there's tablets of that stuff. I'm sure there's other weird chemicals in a pool. And yet, you're you're going to purify it. Because of some words, by the way. Um, 
like not to step on anybody's faith here, dude, but you're you're blessing water with your words. Like, come on. Bless some water with some Brita, dude. That's that's how you do it. That's how you filter water. Now you can have some pure water. There you go. Not some weird, oh, uh, hocusy pocusy freaking Harry Potter stuff that you did to freaking to bless it so you could kill this demon. Which, by the way, half the times like when this, and this is the entire series. Sometimes holy stuff gets these demons out of here. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it just pisses them off. So it's like, like crosses are like bullets in this universe, right? A big, a real big one. Yeah, that's do some damage. But a little one, it's a little baby one, dude. That's stupid. All right, get that in my face. You're pissing me off. That's every single ghost in these movies. But again, he's only there just to set it up. It's like, clearly you didn't have any way to, to get rid of this demon. If you're going to stick it around, like if you're going to make three movies out of this, which I'm assuming, I don't think they are, um, right. You had to kill it. And it's like, well, how do I kill it? Well, um, let's think of some ways. Cool. Bless a bless a swimming pool and have them fight in the water. It's it, it's so half-assed. It's like it's embarrassing. But again, that's just it's like that's a product of of what Warner Brothers has um, is lacking in these movies. Like I've, like I just said. But that's by far the dumbest one too. There's a real dumb one too, where it's like this: this wood shaving is protecting the house, right? You had to put it on the seals and the doors, and it keeps light on and out. Which again, it's like when, like, why are we establishing this now? Like, we're not even seeing her react to these things. It's just like she's just not in screen when you've put these wood shavings down by your door and by your window. And of course, in the movie, some little girl sees her 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 uh, teddy bear. She has a teddy bear, and she reaches over, tries to grab it. And she brushes just a little bit of the wood shavings off, just to create this little hole that Vela can get through. Which again makes no sense. You have to do all the covers in the house, and 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 Vela can just. I'm sorry, not Vela. The Lyorona can just squeeze in there like a running back trying to get a, a touchdown on the goal line. Just kind of squeeze between this little gap. Are you serious? It's it's stupidity on a different level, man. It's not even you know what? It's not even stupidity. I'm stop. I'm gonna stop calling it stupidity. It's laziness. It is full on laziness trying to write a movie, trying to screenplay it. And plus two, it's probably just because it's rushed. A year in and just like who cares, right? It's Maybe it's not even laziness either. Maybe it's just so many factors that are put into these movies because there's just less quality put into them every single time that before you know it, you're kind of just stripping away the things and now you just kind of have this dumb movie that's no better than some $5 Walmart bin movie that you get for free on Tubi. That's what they're slowly turning into. I mean, for God's sakes, there's a ripoff of these movies and the ripoffs are almost like the same quality of those movies, like even right down to the cover art, right? If you didn't see The Nun and The Curse of the Nun, you would just grab one of them, and that's that's what these movies are banking on. Well, that's what those movies are banking on, that you just grab the wrong one, you put it in and go, huh, that's weird. Why do I hear audible car noises in the background? Oh, because this movie was made for 10 bucks. That's why. That's why. Oh, buddy. It's, it's sad, man. It's like, it's, it's sad in a, a really, like I, when I made this marathon or when I thought of this, doing all these movies, like I really had no idea that's what the problem was with them. But I guess maybe that's a good thing. Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm having like these weird perspectives right now where like maybe it was good that I, 
finally got in touch and just saw the reality that these movies aren't all that great. And I would have spent the rest of my time, if I hadn't watched these movies again, saying, oh yeah, they're just okay. They're C-plus kind of movies. They're not. They're so much lower than that. Like, the quality gets worse every time. And, like, maybe this this will change it, because I'll be honest with you, I'm not excited for Conjuring 3 anymore. Like, I don't even care. I mean, I'll, I'll still watch it, of course. I'll watch anything at this point, because there's still, like, we're six months into this lockdown, and there's still no theaters being opened even though regal has said that they're gonna uh, open up again in august but i did a whole i did a whole episode on that already uh, if you guys haven't checked that one out yet it's called don't lie to me regal um so yeah but, but that's going into like i just like look if, if none of this would have happened if this lockdown would have happened and we would have just had the conjuring three slated for september there's no way i'd be like i'm hyped up right next month is the conjuring it's not like it's not that now Right, take, take that away. It's just, okay, cool. I know there's going to be a Conjuring movie at this point in this month. That's probably what would have happened. And again, like I said, maybe that's a good thing, right? Maybe it's just, it's a good thing that I took a break from these movies and, and maybe really just kind of check out some other stuff, right? Like, I think, I think the idea now that I've been thinking about is like monster movies. Like, I really want to do some like big, like Godzilla, King Kong, like that type of level. So maybe even looking at those movies could even kind of open my eyes up a little bit too because I do tend to look at those movies as well like through rose-colored glasses and uh, you know who knows like it, it could just be as bad so but yeah going back to The Curse of La Llorona there's not there really is not a whole lot to talk about with this movie it it really is just a it's a it's a roller coaster ride for your emotion for fear right just to get kind of tense you up and kind of just watch it like there's nothing to invest in with this movie. Um, I remember like the weird marketing too when this movie came out. It's like there was always this weird like the Curse of La Llorona, right? Bef when the mo when the title would come up, and I was like, I wonder if it's because people don't know the title of this movie. It is it is it's like it's weird, right? It's two L's, Lorna. I mean, I only knew it because I grew up hearing that name all the time. But I bet you if I didn't, even I would be like, I don't the Curse of Lorna, Lorna, L L Lorna, something like that, you know. So even like this movie's having a hard time trying to market itself as that. You know, it's it's fine. It's fine, man. This movie gets a big fat F from me. That's my that is my review of the curse of La Llorona. And just like that, just like that, man, I am now finished with the conjuring movies. I know like I'm sure if anybody's listening, they're like, you know what, you don't really review these movies too much. I'm telling you, if you watch them, you'll see why. Like there seriously is not a whole lot to talk about with them. But, yeah, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. This is probably, like, the longest one I've done so far is The Curse of La Llorona. Um, maybe that has something to say with it. Or maybe it's just because I'm, I'm repeating the same thing that I've been saying in every single one of these movies. And now I can finally just stop doing it. Now I don't have to say it anymore. Now if you want to know my thoughts on The Conjuring, there you go. I have, like, nine episodes up about The Conjuring. Um, but yeah, anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Go to Twitter, Instagram, go to TikTok, go to LinkedIn. I actually just wrote an article about doing 100 episodes on the podcast, the three things that I learned from it, the things that I've, I've been taught and humbled. The experience has been amazing, man. Seriously, man, 100 episodes. Like that is a, um, that, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, maybe it's not a big deal to like everybody, but it is to me. I mean, personally, I never thought I'd make even one episode. I mean, there was a time where it took me like 20 minutes just to have a few seconds on a podcast. I mean, hell, 
There was a time I made a podcast and it took me like nine hours. All right, superfeeding.com. Seriously, go check that out. It's the worst two-minute episode of all time. So to, to do this fl- free-forming and free-flowing, there you go, that's the word I was thinking of. Um, it, just, it was a muscle and I finally got to learn how to record and get a lot more comfortable on microphone. Like this is probably the most comfortable I've got on microphone. And it's just because of those things that I've learned. So if you're le- looking to look, eh, if you're looking, there you go, uh, to start a podcast or in this, uh, or you know, just try to do some type of talking, either if it's on camera or if it's a podcast or if it's just maybe I'm trying to go on social media and talk. I would definitely say go check that article out, man. It's completely free. Just go to LinkedIn. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. I will see you guys later. See ya.